I walked down to the gas station. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got them dick pills with the Street Fighter characters on it. Mm-hmm. Been jacking <laughs> my shit from AM to PM. <laughs> Throwing hot white ropes up against the wall like a spaghetti to see if it's finished. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me tell you something, mean G. I've been drinking pineapple juice so I can taste my own seed and not be sickened by it. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's a that's a that's a very uh, bold statement there, Macho Man, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be down at the Pontiac's Overdome. I'm gonna put Hulk Hogan through a world of pain. I'm gonna be edging that son of a gun all night. From corner to corner, oh yeah. 48 minutes of dog barking, 48 minutes of dog barking, 48 minutes of dog barking, 48 minutes of dog barking. Growl! Growl! 48 minutes of dog barking, 48 minutes of dog barking. It's walking out of work today. Yeah. And uh, my coworker and I watched a hawk fly out of the sky and absolutely annihilate some sort of smaller bird. Okay. And uh, it was ripping its throat out okay. in, the, in front of our cars. And it got startled by me raising my phone up to take a photo and just ran off with the whole entire uh, <laughs> body. Just, just gone across yeah, wow. the highway. Oh, wow. Just disappeared into the trees in the in the neighborhood over the, across the highway. And I just left like a, a I want to say like a four or five foot wide circle of feathers. Jesus Christ. And I'm just like, oh, that's the way to end the work day. <laughs> yeah. I ended my work day by finally getting off the phone with someone who had been on the phone with me for an hour trying to get me to install something on their computer. Yeah? I I was ready. God. <laughs> my eye was God. twitching. Have you ever told you about the, the Nick Mullen uh, call center stories? The, the one that always sticks with me is that he hated the job so much that he mm. would go home from work, get drunk, and then prank call his own job. <laughs> Knowing like wh- exactly what to say and what to do to make the person on, on yeah, the line that was it. helping him lose his goddamn mind because apparently the, whatever, whatever call center was for like the process for troubleshooting if it were Mac or mm-hmm. Windows was completely different. Yeah, so he would just call up and just act like he was an incompetent old man, and then they would get to this one point and he'd be like, "But I don't see the start button." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Sir, are you on a Mac? Yeah. I told you this. I, I, I used to work for a hotel Wi-Fi company, and that was a constant problem. I would have to say, what, are you, what kind of computer are you using? Oh, it's a Lenovo. Like, that's not helping me. Is it a Windows? You know. I would start the call off with that, because otherwise, you're right. It's, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole script you have to go through. <sighs> I just had a long day, brother. Yeah. Well, it's time to laugh at some internet freaks. It's 48 minutes of dogs barking. Don't put a mirror to me. I know. <laughs> it's the show where we do that. I'm Jason. This is Brian. Welcome to the show. 
uh, deadbeat dad starts breakdancing. Yes. Well, literally, that's, <laughs> that's how we're going to start the show is a deadbeat dad starts breakdancing. Now, the story behind this is, according to The Independent, a comedian on TikTok posted this video, Maddie Hart, to open up about her relationship with her father, who first went viral in 2018 when he started breakdancing in his mid-60s. She started off by noting that she had trauma that could, quote, actually be funny, before claiming that her father left his family for his career. My dad abandoned my family when I was five years old. That is a wife and four kids, she said. He abandoned us and then pursued amateur breakdancing. And he got really good. She went on to recall how her father became a D-list celebrity, noting that he was the oldest actively competing breakdancer in the world. She continued to describe how her father, who went by the stage name Benny Hanna, <laughs> up in this bitch, uh, <laughs> went super viral because he got on Good Morning America. This guy wouldn't pay my medical bill, she said. However, she still praised her father's moves, adding the worst part is, dang it, he's good. A few days later, the dad claps back, I guess you could say. Yeah, he does like a <laughs> leather seat. <laughs> That's right. He's wearing a Bitcoin shirt, first of all. You gotta Some love trash behind them. You gotta love that, the Bitcoin shirt. Daily Dot saying here, a breakdancing dad clad in a Bitcoin shirt took to Twitter to correct claims his TikTok comedian daughter made about him abandoning her family and not paying for her medical bills. I got I to pull up this video. Oh, now, of course, all of, course, of, all of it's are... private. So basically, the dad who looks like Scott Adams uh, <laughs> basically is like, well, I didn't really abandon them. I pay all this child support and and, uh-huh. and in all, I paid about $5 million to, to my wife and my children went to good schools. And it's like, okay. So I guess maybe you aren't necessarily a deadbeat dad. Yeah, it's a 10-minute video, though. Yeah. He plays her entire video. Oh, yeah, saying he lived a mile or so down the street. Oh, yeah, and he lays down the financial arrangement. Yeah, that it was in so it's like one of those things, okay, so you're not a deadbeat dad, but you're you're fucking weird, bro. Yeah, absolutely. But then he ends the video with an entire song where he, he's breakdancing, <laughs> and it's a jarring cut. Here's someone who says, a video of my dad was featured in an episode of World's Dumbest Criminals. I love you, Maddie. You are very creative and talented. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. <laughs> Got the cardboard down. There's the an Bitcoin American flag. flag over a window. There's a Bitcoin flag over, I guess, like a mantle or something. It. Lo- I mean, I kept thinking he was in a church because that looks like one of those little vestibules, like a little piece of the church. The blockchain tabernacle. This is where <laughs> someone has to be there to watch the spirit of Satoshi. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but he's. I mean, he's getting it. He's got. Uh, he's got some moves bad. there. This is definitely like a guy nicknamed like Wolfman at yeah. like your friend's frat trying to like impress people. Yeah. At a night where someone dies in a house fire. Oh God. It was okay. I mean, he was a triple pike, so he was a you know, he was a f anyways. <laughs> the fiber optic Christmas tree also gets me him taking the knee at the end. Where's this Kenta cloth? Right, right. Yeah, he's, you're missing something, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like Bean Dad, you know, it was just like it's a weird example of like not necessarily toxic masculinity. It's just this guy, it's a weird fucking guy. Yeah, it's just a guy being a weird dude, and we now all have to have this in our brains for the next however long it's going to take. Breakdancing Bitcoin dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what a fucking yeah. There's I'm, he's doing double time for the halving. 
That's coming soon, isn't it? That's the word on the Less street. Less than 60 days, I believe. Less than 60 days. Oh. Oh. Gosh, so the computers are going to have to burn twice as many fossil fuels uh-huh. to solve those uh, those computations. Some sort of personal nightmare. Um, yeah. $18,000 per month in child support. Yeah. It said here. It says My he, mom uh, should have got knocked up by this guy. <laughs> Speaking of deadbeat dads, yeah, buddy. it's everyone's favorite deadbeat dad, the one who, who who just won't ever stop. It's Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Oh, with apparently another uh, another possible burner account uh, kissing his own ass. Yeah, very odd. The <laughs> Jalopnik, of all places, uh, chiming in on that. I guess the defector guys who didn't go away from Deadspin wound up at Jalopnik. Adrian Dittman is a blue-checked profile that's been on Twitter since 2021. He found notoriety before when he apparently interacted with Musk on a Twitter spaces last year, and shocked listeners noted the similarities in the two men's voices. More recently, Dittman entered a spaces room with Alex Jones and David Icke. Ike was criticizing Jones for being extremely lenient in his treatment of Musk, and then, as if to prove Ike's point, Jones treated Dittman as Musk, despite Dittman insisting he wasn't the billionaire several times. <laughs> Which, of course, only really muddies, muddies the water. Dittman and Musk then got together in a space again this week to try to clear things up, but it didn't do the job because it sounds like they're across the room from each other. I mean, that would really trip people out. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect, too. But I mean, but I mean yeah, I mean... I, I mean, it's 1.4 billion people in China. If you take the person in China that looks the most like me, it probably looks pretty close. Yeah, it's the same. It's the yeah, same I can't cadence. hear a difference. It's, I mean, he's, he's got some of the same uh, verbal tics. Like, it's the same. It's the, it's, 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 uh, uh, well, why, <laughs> well, what I really meant to be saying uh, uh, was who ate all the pussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A master, masterful gambit, sir. Yeah, exactly. Even uh, it, uh, Dittman here uh, saying, you're an amazing father, Elon. Your kids are very lucky to have you. <laughs> I don't think he's actually like in the lives of like any of his no, kids, except no. for like the the son that he had with Grimes. Yeah. So yeah, futurism there, breaking that with, with the bit about like, he's very lucky to have you, uh, Elon, whoever that is. Now, the fact that they did this on a show with... Alex Jones and David Icke really is icing on the cake because, like, those guys are all David about. David Icke's like one of those guys that believes like in lizard people. Right? Yes, he is the lizard people guy. That's Mister Mister David Icke. Yes, those two would I would think would be the first to jump on and be like, "Hey, this is kind of sounds kind of folks." We went we went to the acoustical analysis. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, he would get somebody else. <laughs> I went to the acoustical analysis. I got the paperwork right here. I'm looking at the waveforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the way they, they say bunghole is exactly the same, folks. <laughs> Thousands of government documents. Thousands yeah. of government documents. <laughs> well, if you start doing Alex Jones, it's just like folks. doing... <laughs> yeah, it's, like, uh, it's like if, if, if Fat Man were a retired like, steel worker that just hung out at like the corner bar all day because of, of be, be, being around the old lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Folks. Folks. <laughs> well, any any impression that you can start with the word folks always gets me because there's just nobody says that in real life. Like, that just seems so fake. And so you're like putting it on. Folks, I, uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't walk up to somebody like, folks, guess what? Pee pee poo poo. I was at Bohemian Grove and I saw a terrible, terrible, uh, terrible experiment where they flipped, if you believe this, <laughs> they flipped the beans above the frame. <laughs> 
They flipped the man's nuts around. Then they ate frozen yogurt. Yeah. Uh, that's honestly that's kind of worse than like drinking blood. It's like frozen yogurt, what? really. I'm like, what? I'm just trying to think of like, what could be the most disgusting thing you could see at a cabal of like pedophile elites? And I was just like, oh, dipping dots. Yeah. And a broth of like child's blood. It's uh, <laughs> the sacrament of the future, folks. <laughs> There's a guy uh, who goes by the name of uh, Liam Nissan on uh-huh. Blue Sky there. Sorry, Liam Neeson uh, pointed this out, and then Liam Neeson's account got suspended. That's what gave a little bit of credence to some of this stuff. Uh, on Blue Sky, uh, Nissan said uh, he left the site after the person behind the Dittman account tried to dox him, saying he began receiving creepy DMs with personal information. Uh, Nissan, of course, regularly known to criticize Musk, has been suspended earlier this month for allegedly violating terms of service, which at this point we all know Twitter terms of service is don't piss off Elon. That's just yeah. it's one sentence. I almost sent him goat seed today. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean. I, I just It's just like, you know, it saves the day. Yeah. I'm going to send him goat man. I'm feeling, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling spicy today. Yeah. Well, it's funny is I used to keep getting suspended for telling people to eat shit and die. Eat shit and die is so tame. Yeah, I used to. I mean, I used to get suspended for that about probably once every three to six months. Usually, uh, when I aimed at some sort of blue check. Was that pre Elon though? Uh, both before and after. You think it was your victim reporting you? Because that would be my. I have no idea, but I've uh, but there's been a few times where I've told people to like you know like eat shit and die you know uh, mm-hmm. pull your your bomb lip over your head and swallow and you know oh sure the classics yeah the classics <laughs> and have not gotten suspended hmm. but I have randomly still gotten the um but you know most people don't tweet like this oh like, it's like I don't care <laughs> yeah most people are assholes what do you want what do you want yeah. from me I saw something on the internet which I know is always a a really scary thing to say. But I saw a woman on the internet again. Okay. Mr. Online at Absolunar posted this a couple days ago. And it does just appear to be a TikTok taken from someone else where it's a young woman, uh, ponytail and all, and a Dr. Pepper t-shirt. And the text on the screen is a random girl, right? I go by her highness princess waffles and squirrel. But on Tuesdays you can call me Boris. I'm also fluent in cat. It means, can I have a hug? I, uh, boy, this really hurts my head. Yeah. Uh, I'll be, I'm going to put it out here. This is basically exclusively like the type of young woman I basically made out with until I was like 22. Yeah. Like, it's really, this is really uh, fucking triggering. It's a very particular type. Yeah. yeah. Like the one nerdy girl in your friend group yes. or like. The one theater girl. Yes, the theater. The theater girls, the especially big theater girl. Yeah. The the chicken band that played the marumba. Yes, yes. Or the or the the, the tuba. Or some yeah. something where it's like not your usual. What yeah. you would think of as an the instrument. spiel. Yeah. The hurdy gurdy. Ah, <laughs> uh, the hurdy gurdy chicks are very different. Yeah, but. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> but yeah, there's a very particular kind of awkward, nerdy uh, young lady that this the, uh, the short sleeve shirt over the long sleeve shirt is <sighs> sign of the times. Very, very particular of that time period. I, I, I think a lot of this kind of died out in 2010 or thereabouts. This feels like a, a artifact of like 
the the first four or five years of like the Iraq war. Somebody else commented something along the lines of like either she's a really good actress or she's stuck in this time period in her head. And I'm like, yeah, either one really works. Uh, the latest example I saw of this kind of person was uh, Maya Erskine, the comedian, playing this kind of person in yeah. uh, the the Pen Fifteen show. Awkward, nerdy, random, fucking yeah, monkey cheese. Right, Katie Spork it, of Doom. Spork of yeah, Doom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, I did. You did you go to high school with a, uh, a young woman who was obsessed with sports? I did not. I went to an all boys high school, but oh, that's I, right. I, that's I did right. know a few of them in college that had never really grown out of that, and they were all part of the same group that played uh, Vampire the Masquerade. So I'm familiar with the type. <laughs> there, there was a, a girl I went to high school with who was very much into sports. And even had like a hemp necklace where the pendant, which which for all the other girls in in her friend group that wore like hemp necklaces, uh, would have been like you know a glass blown bead or something. Yeah, Coco Pelle or some shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was a was a spork. Mm. Uh, <laughs> she so she very much made it her personality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was not um, like super fucking random. She was actually a very nice, funny person. Right. But she she definitely had those quirks. Mm-hmm. I th- I think I think also now too um looking back at this is like, oh yes, uh, autism really is uh, undiagnosed in, in young girls. Yeah, but I also <laughs> I also just found it really quaint. Like, oh, it's kind of sweet. Someone's showing interest in the person, but they don't know how to express it, so it comes out in all these weird ways. Sure. I didn't recognize it at the time for what that's what that was. I want to be your friend, or even like, I'm kind of into you. I just thought, God, you're annoying. Get the fuck away from me. And <laughs> That's also what I thought. <laughs> right. And I, I'm pretty sure I fumbled the bag a number of times based on that initial reaction. Yeah. Because I'm seeing it now and be like, yeah, she's kind of sweet on whoever this is that she's talking to. Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, damn it. You know? Win some, lose some. I, well, yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, but boy, well, it is 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 like someone fucking cracked open my skull and put yeah. hot ether on my exposed brain. Yeah, Proustian uh, mandolin. It was very much like you, you, yeah. you, you get that moment of like, wow, yeah, that was a thing, wasn't it? That really was a fucking thing. <laughs> I just, I think it was socially awkward people trying to break out of their shell a little bit and like, yeah, uh, painful. Yeah, it uh, didn't matter if you were a guy or a girl Mm-mm. acting like this. You were Mm-mm. all going to the same fate, which was uh, immediately working at Johnny Rockets the second <laughs> you turned 17. Or running a Discord server in your 30s. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. That feels right. Uh, but yeah, boy, uh, Katie, that is Katie Spork of Doom type of deal. Yeah, I don't know. Um, what a very odd. The last thing I got for you, Brian... It's a story that has gotten a lot of traction in the past couple days, ever since it first appeared in The Cut, courtesy of New York Magazine. It's a young lady named Charlotte Cowles, the financial advice columnist for The Cut. The headline, The Day I Put 50 Grand in a Shoebox and Handed It to a Stranger. <laughs> I never thought I was the kind of person to fall for a scam, did you? Yeah. I think that, because it's, as I, what I know of this, it, it sounds like they... They fucking, they got you the, from the second you picked up the phone. Yeah, right away. Somebody called her saying they were from Amazon and that there had been identity theft and that someone was impersonating her and running up all these charges. Yeah, the caller ID said it was Amazon. Here's from the actual article. I answered a polite woman with a vague accent told me she was calling from Amazon customer service to tell me there was some 
unusual activity on my account. Had I recently spent $8,000 on MacBooks and iPads? <laughs> the woman told, who told me her name was Krista told me the purchase had been named under my business account. I don't have a business account, I said. That's red flag number one. You don't have yeah. a business account. Okay, you know, get a get a callback number, check shit out. But no, she just kept on the phone with this woman. She made a number of mistakes, but that's number one. Immediately panicking, freaking the fuck out. So the person then told her she'd been the victim of identity theft. She'd flag the accounts, freeze their activity, provided with a case number, and then, hey, I got a guy at the FTC that wants to talk to you. So she transferred the call to a guy who called himself Calvin Mitchell, an investigator with the Federal Trade Commission. Gave her a fake badge number. It all happened very, very quickly. That's, I think, part of it, too. You don't think you're going to get hit with a scam, but when something happens, these people are very, very, very good at this. They will freak you out. Then they're going to hit you with, government's going to come at you. He hit her with this whole thing about, oh, yeah, this uh, New Mexico ring of criminals have been stealing identities and uh, there's warrants out for your arrest in Maryland and Texas. <laughs> like, you're going to be charged with cyber crimes, money laundering and drug trafficking. Just hitting you with thing after thing. That's how they, that's how they freak you the fuck out into doing it. We're going to make you eat Arby's. <laughs> hey, that's not so bad. That's <laughs> you pretty bad. You could have said Lion's Choice. Hometown shit talking, a little bit of, a little bit of that. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, I, I guess someone here has a, had Tom Coast special. I have actually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> <clears throat> Boy, that's such a fucking deep cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, she got scammed in, in any number of ways, and it wound up she she got all the money out that she could out of the bank. Without having to fill out the form, by the way. I don't know if you know about the form. There's a particular form that the banks will make you sign and do all this documentation about if you withdraw more than $10,000 at a time. So I'm not sure how yeah, she got Yeah, isn't that like this. partially also for like tax reasons? There's something? that, and then there's also... That's another- why you always withdraw nine hundred or $9,500. Yes, but if you do that more than twice... A certain period of time. That's a whole days. that. Then you're going to get flagged for scaffolding, which is the variation. On, I mean, it's the whole thing. Uh, I used to work in a bank, so it, well, t- sure. t- yeah. So we have not everyone may not know about these things. So well, and and you're right. And they got her with the whole like, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to take your son into custody. They got her good. Like these guys were pros, and so it's not out of the realm of possibility that. Somebody hit her with the 50 grand scam, but I still think like it's one of those things where like it happens to everybody. And this Reddit post was kind of summarizing from the article. It says, one friend's dad, a criminal defense attorney, had been scammed out of 1.2 million. Another person I know, a real estate developer, was duped into wiring 450,000. Someone posing as one of his contractors. Someone else knew a Wall Street executive and conned into draining her 401k by some guy she met at a bar. And the people on Reddit are, of course, like, uh-huh, uh, you know, sucks. Um, I feel that my parents are intelligent but not tech-savvy. I'm terrified of stuff like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, the older people are going to get this. It's going to happen. My, uh, I have a coworker. Her father almost fell for uh, the the AI abduction. Oh, boy. Like, Which oh, is like, a ter- like hearing the story is like terrifying. 
that someone like got his daughter's voice, mm-hmm. made an AI bot out of it, and was like, you know, we've got your daughter, we're gonna kill her unless like you do, you know, bring money to like this quick trip or some shit. And he was like, apparently, in a yeah. parking lot of a quick trip with his fucking sidearm. Yeah. Imagine. No. Yeah. Someone, someone in that parking lot made the wrong move. Yeah. Oh yeah. Being some shit. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of real life scam makes me thankful that most of the stuff we talk about on the show. That's why I don't ever pick up my fucking phone. If you need to talk to me, leave a fucking voicemail. Send me a text. Yeah. You know, it's, if it's that important, text me. Yeah. Shoot me an email. I work in logistics, and you, you can't tell you how many times a fucking day I get a phone call from someone that sounds like Gil from from The <laughs> Simpsons. Ah, jeez. God, do you have a, Can we do a line of freight for you? My wife's going to take the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, dude, stop calling. We don't, we, don't, we don't want any. Yeah. I've had to set my phone to do not disturb during work hours, My the soft phone that I use for work, because it's just, it's all... Uh, can I speak to your manager of procurement? Oh, we don't have one of those. You know, like, shut up. The amount of calls I get for people that are, like, cold calling sales calls. But then the other half is, I work for so-and-so. I need the password to something. I'm like, well, submit a ticket. I don't have time for that. I'm like, well, unfortunately, that's the only way I can give you a password. And with AI, yeah, you're right. Scams are going to be probably worse now than they ever have before. And you just got to be vigilant. Which is not easy because we all sort of got shit going on. Yeah, um, I know I do, but that is the American experience, though. I suppose is <laughs> is constantly being terrified that you're going to be scammed or flimflammed because that seems to be what society has been. I mean, I saw we're so individualistic, right? That we're always looking for someone's ulterior motive, even when they're not trying to get one over on us and. But even so, you're still like, yeah, but is he? You know, you still have that thought yeah. in the back of your head. Like every time I go to uh, buy something on Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> this guy, is this guy gonna make me suck his dick? Or, or like, is he gonna, you know, rob me at gunpoint? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the, you know, some rando ass yeah. person who's trying to sell me like lawnmower parts He's asking is me gonna... to meet in the uh, the abandoned parking lot of Aloha <laughs> in North County. Oh well, that's just for funsies, really. That's just that's just. <laughs> That's just how you get your kicks. Yeah, I mean, come on, who doesn't go cr- go, cr- go cruising <laughs> it? Yeah, go go cruising at the uh, the Aloha parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! I was just thinking um, how a friend of the show, Danny, had a piece one time where he was hanging out at a public bathroom by the Chan Rocks Bridge, uh, trying to I guess catch people cruising because he had like I guess it was a slow week. He got in the tip. <laughs> So here's, here's we got a hot tip. Huh? Got a hot t- <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I think like a politician might have been involved okay, or something. Okay. But it was just Ugh. like it was just like yeah, I just kind of spent a whole entire day just like watching people walk into a bathroom. I'm saying search for things that are newsworthy. And going newsworthy. cruising in the bathroom. These guys are fucking. Yeah, they're dirty fuckers. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. <laughs> gay gay men are meeting up in a public bathroom for anonymous sex. Unheard of. Somebody uh-huh. called libs of TikTok. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's a terrible person to. Uh, very, very bad person. Gosh. Do not ever call libs of TikTok. Uh, I think if there is someone right now that deserves to be slowly dipped into a vat of acid. Yeah. And pulled out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Gotta of course. pull her out. Of course. Then start all over. Gotta give her a yes. little bit of false hope that it's only yes. going to be up to her ankles. Right. The John Kramer of trans rights. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you know what? She should be forced to transition. 
Ooh, force, force, uh, force, force masked. Force masked. Okay. Although, yeah, make her wear a KN95 too while you're at. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> sure. God. God what we're terrible people. But, we're, but guess what? We're not as bad as her. Exactly right. That scam, the lady with the 50 grand in a shoebox, which is the best detail about it for me. Apparently, uh, putting mm. it in the in the back of a Mercedes Benz and <laughs> telling the driver, uh, don't look at him, but say thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a fucking detail. <laughs> like, all right, man. But those kind of scams are, are, are probably going to be on the rise, but so are crypto scams. That's right. That was my transition. Oh, yeah, baby. Crypto scam of the week. You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week. Crypto Scam of the Week. Oh, we just talked about it last week, and here they are again. Yuga fucking labs. Oh, baby. Your favorite SS alluding <laughs> crypto project. Yeah, the very same. So this here, Web3 is going great. Molly White doing the Lord's work. Yuga Labs acquires Moonbirds amid speculation of insider trading. About a week ago or so, the NFT giant Yuga Labs announced it would be acquiring the Moonbirds NFT project. They, of course, uh, bought CryptoPunks, MeBits, a couple of other ones. After the acquisition announced, prices for Moonbirds spiked. But... What wasn't expected was a notable spike in trading in the days leading up to the announcement, in which some wallets <clears throat> began accumulating large amounts of Moonbirds. One such wallet purchased 80 Moonbirds, 71 Moonbird Mythics, 28 Oddities, 13 Mythic Eggs, and a Partridge in a Pear Tree in the week leading up to the announcement, and enjoyed several hundred thousand dollars in profits after the acquisition was announced. Decrypt has the story. NFT insider trading, the headline. <laughs> so yes, uh, according to blockchain analytics performed by CryptoSlam, daily sales was under the $100,000 mark for each day through February 13th, with one exception, February 4, with about $141,000. But on the 14th, daily Moonbird sales spiked fivefold to 460000 Okay, that's a 4x. I'm sure. sure, like a legit 4x. And on February 15th, sales volume remained elevated, 333000 Today, which in this case would have been the 17th, sales surged, and the tally currently was $3 million. NFT price floor quoted it as 2680 worth of ETH Monday afternoon, and then Wednesday it hit 5000 spiked to 6000 back down to about 5000 as of writing. And yeah, Saigar here showing the chart. The chart does not look good. No, <laughs> a very noticeable spike and then a little, a little big old dip and then you know, back up again. Not good. Well, nothing. I mean, to be honest with you, insider trading or, or being aware of what would otherwise be considered to be privileged information is not uncommon in the world of crypto. Oh no, no one would uh, suggest otherwise. I'm, yeah, I'm fucking nobody, and like I sometimes find out about which tokens are going to get listed on Coinbase or Binance like a week. Hmm. Before it happens, I obviously don't make any actions on that, but I'm like, huh, really? Okay. <laughs> and then like a week later, it's like, yeah, we're adding, we're adding fucking suck coin to uh, our, to yeah. our uh, experimental meme section. <laughs> you know what? Just for a laugh, I'd but like to buy don't some wait, Don't wait, daddy coin. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you buy it with the fucking suck coin. The fucking uh, suck coin. Uh, we're decentralizing uh, a fucking suck <laughs> 
We're putting all your fucking and your sucking on the blockchain. <laughs> Come on, baby. The gas fees are real low right now. Come on. I uh, know. <laughs> oh, Ethereum's 3000 so. Uh, well, maybe we got to wait till next week. Yeah, but Sirius NFT uh, posting found Nancy Pelosi's NFT wallet, which, of course, the, the Nancy Pelosi uh, got under fire a couple of years back for doing some insider trading herself. So, uh, yeah, she's one of a couple dozen Members right, of Congress that seem to really be uh, enjoying. Strange. Some people call Nancy uh, Pelosi uh, perhaps the greatest uh, stocks <laughs> trader of all time. Man, she's she, nothing but wins. Yeah, somehow. And of course, Decrypt reached out to Yuga Labs. Uh, of course, they got a big. Uh, there's no leak that we're aware of. Yuga Labs declined to comment. Yada yada yada. They're never gonna comment on it, guys. Why do you even oh. bother? Hey, did you guys uh, do some shady shit? Oh, well, that's no. <laughs> right, because even if they said no. Well, actually, though, we're Nazis. We're not doing anything. We are not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. shady. We, we saw nothing. We saw nothing. <laughs> no insider trading. All, the, all pure volume. There's no. no? <laughs> it's just pure speculation. Someone was just very smart and played the market. Oh, Yuga Labs. Never not going to be a source of schadenfreude for me, at least. Just like fuck is going on over there toilet key game oh yeah the fucking yeah it was like turds it was like turds wasn't that the uh, i I can't remember remember. it was was dookie dash dookie dash yes thank you i knew it was turd adjacent a monkey ate a coin and then shat it out which kind of sounds like their whole business model but the wrong people getting lucky i wish these i wish yuga labs people were going to jail like the safe moon people oh you're telling me brother in my mind, I can't fathom that there's no repercussions down the road. But then again, you know, I've been accused of being a Pollyanna before. Mr. Pie in the Sky. Oh, you well, you guys, you think Bernie's going to have a chance at an electoral victory? I thought that. I genuinely did. I, I, I thought Sami Zayn was going to beat Roman Reigns. <laughs> exactly. See? <laughs> we all have our own delusions about the world. I know, I've never felt more like a mark in my life watching <laughs> wrestling no, than, that, than in that moment. I did too, even though I knew... I watched it later. Like I already knew the outcome of the match, but I still watched it. And in the moment, I was like, is this happening? Are we? Ha- is this happening? That's a mark. That's how you really know they got me. Shout out to Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, come on the show. Uh, <laughs> we'd love to tell you all about the crypto scams that your your fellow superstars are probably getting into right about now. I think most of them are smart enough to stay away from crypto, though. You'd think, though. Triple H did bring back Triple H did bring back Nia Jax, who unfortunately, besides being, I I, I feel like many people are going to agree with me with this. I'm being unsafe worker. Yeah, for sure. Concussed Kyrie Sane so many times that Kyrie Sane went back home in Japan. Then Triple H brought back Kyrie and then brought back Naya the next pay per view. And yeah. it's like, okay, cool. Great. He brought back the one, but it's like The Rock's cousin or some shit. Yeah, so, and, and that's now he's fine. on the board. But like, she's a save the children person. Oh, no. Like her in uh, the, that NXT uh, oh. referee Drake. Okay. We're both into the like Save the Children QAnon stuff. Mm. The Save the Children had a, a coin. They had the Save the Children coin. Did they really? Yeah, that was a QAnon anonymous did an episode about their 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 crypto that was linked to the Save the Children. Campaign. Oh, God, I'll have to revisit that. <laughs> it's an older one. It's a couple God, years old. That, yeah, boy, that was like two, three years ago. Yes, it feels so much further away. Yeah, well, the past couple of years have really collapsed our sense of time. I think. 
it totally sucks dick. Well, you know what else sucked dick? The war on terror, Brian. Oh, real fucking ball gaggler. For those of you who weren't born yet, which does, which a few of our listeners are young enough to not have been born before 2001. I know. That also means they've never known a world without Crazy Frog. That's true. I don't know which is worse. 9-11 happens. Everybody loses their fucking minds. We start this global war on terror. And a gentleman, David Rees, starts a series of satirical comic strips using illustrations from a clip art book, Office and Business Illustrations by Tom Tierney, to create a masterpiece called Get Your War On. That is our main topic for tonight. Oh, boy. Get Your War On was a fantastic experiment. Now, Brian, you and I are roughly the same age, a couple of years difference, but, but we're within, within that same generation, if you will. Yeah, we can say that. You're, you're more of an elder millennial, not Thank like you. the middle, the I'll middle take child. It. I'll take it. But I would say roughly, you know, that, that jaded post-9-11 sense of humor is right about when we both were kind of coming up, and it was a very formative time, was it not? Sure, we can say that. <clears throat> well, Rees, I think, was a big part of that, at least for me, when it came to how do you deal with something so completely insane as 9-11? And he chose to deal with it through just biting insane humor. He originally had a website called My New Filing Technique is Unstoppable, <laughs> <laughs> which was another comic based on a series of clip art where it was a bunch of guys doing karate in an office. <laughs> so... My new filing technique is unstoppable is where they got the URL, which is mnftiu.cc, <laughs> which is where Get Your War On was hosted. The first comic premiered in October of 2001. There were two guys. They later kind of had identities assigned to them. One is accounts receivable. One is accounts payable. A black man and a stoic white guy. Why don't we uh, do a bit of a dramatic reading? I'll be accounts payable. That's the black guy. You'll be accounts receivable. That's the white guy. Sure. All right. Oh, yeah. Operation Enduring Freedom in the house. Oh, yeah. Operation Enduring Our Freedom is in the motherfucking house. Yes. Operation Enduring Our Freedom to Bomb the Living Fuck Out of You is in the house. <laughs> That's the very first one. That's the first one that came out. And it was uh, uh, November, oh, sorry, October 9th. I, I keep doing that. I keep saying it was uh, <laughs> September October 10th. October 9th, yeah, 2001. 2001. Uh, not, not a month and some change after 9-11. And boy, he unleashed eight of them in this first day. Oh my God, this war on terrorism is going to rule. I can't wait till the war is over and there's no more terrorism. I know. Remember when the U.S. had a drug problem and then we declared a war on drugs and now you can't buy drugs anymore? It'll be just like that. Right. God, if only that war on drugs hadn't been so effective, I could really use some fucking marijuana right now. <laughs> <laughs> so David Rees took all the post 9-11 anguish and turned it into this just grim fucking humor, you know, talking about how it sucks to be poor. And, you know, like um, I'm looking at photos of refugees camps outside of Afghanistan. That's no joke. Well, at least all those poor bastards have the United States looking out for them now. Everything's <laughs> going to get better real soon. Yeah. Something tells me everything's about to get real nice for those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got a little bit of that Chris Onstead wordplay. You've got that that really fucking biting, mean humor about God, like I, for, I forgot. Just like it's kind of almost pitch perfect. Yeah, it's very raw and very real, and you can tell that like David Reeves just like 
he's sparing fucking no expense. From top to bottom, Get Your War On was the primal scream of that era. Like, you could Michael Moore all you want, but this right here, three panels in the truth. Be fucking cynical and dark about it, but I think, you know, it, there's a truth in that. Yeah, <laughs> there's sure. just something, something raw and real. It's like two guys in an office getting into it on the phone. So, are you down with the war against terrorism? It's going to be a total success. Of course I'm down with it. My fucking son's inner city school is going to be fucking paying for it. What? You mean it's not going to pay for itself? (laughs) That's my first exposure to David Reese's comedy. I didn't know anything about this guy. These comics, and there are three panels. It's all red. It's clip art. Very much uh, dinosaur comics, if you would, because dinosaur comics have probably been doing it for a little bit longer. Yeah. Using clip art, repurposing the same clip art over and over. He would actually add other pieces from later in that same bit of clip art book that add new characters. There would be like three or four of them in the same scene. But it really was, at first, just these two characters back and forth. And sometimes that's all you need. Sometimes it was four panels, but that was just because he had to cram a little joke in there. And that ran for the entirety of Bush's presidency. Uh, George W. Bush getting reelected really broke a lot of people's brains. But uh, David Reese, thankfully, just stayed the course and was like, yeah, fuck this guy. We're going (laughs) to we're just going to keep complaining about him. Yeah. And apparently I realized he had more cartoons. I'm seeing. um, Oh, yeah. My new fighting technique is unstoppable. Also, Adventures of Confessions of St. Augustine Bear. Oh, have you not seen the St. Augustine Bear? It's another clip art one. It kind of a Mark Trail kind of thing, but. Also, there's a lot of weird riffs on St. Augustine. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to take one esoteric Christian philosopher, oh, St. Augustine, Augustine yeah. top tier. For sure. Uh, you know, like. Absolute, dude was absolutely just freebasing life. Wasn't he the guy that said, uh, you know, Lord, uh, lead me from temptation, but not yet? Yeah. Uh, St. Augustine, very quotable if you want to be a certain type of smug asshole. Right. But yeah, Relationships was the other one. That one sadly is offline, but it was really just geometric shapes <laughs> doing like a sitcom bit. It was, he was throwing everything that he could, just like, here's an idea, just like throwing it all out there. And I think he really got a hit with Get Your War On, because boy, uh, there there were three books, Get Your War On 1, Get Your War On 2, and then a compilation, which was Get Your War On, the whole thing, which is still available on Amazon. The paperback, seven bucks. That's not bad. Yeah. So the seven years that the comic ran, they collected it into originally two volumes, and then this big one is uh, 256 pages. Fantastic. And I love that the the cover is basically the American flag, but the red parts are made of the strips from Get Your War On. Amazing. I love that. Yeah, this was um, one of the more subversive things going on at that point in time. It seems in some respects a little quaint today. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, web comics. Ago, yeah, yeah. But 20 or so years ago, this was uh, kind of as good as it got. Mm-hmm. But we got pretty good. Yeah. Until the Obama years. So, like I said, uh, Get Your War on the comic ended when George W. Bush left office. And it wasn't until Obama-McCain election that Get Your War on would get a bit of a second life. And that was courtesy of Ariana Huffington. Huffington Post created a whole sub video site called 236, which was supposed to be their their riff on like the onion, basically. That mm-hmm. was their version of that. And so she commissioned David Rees and a couple of comedians to animate and voice a series of video 
get your war odds. Okay. And those are where a lot of my favorite lines still come from to this day. What do you think Obama meant when he talked about young people doing community service, man? He's building the world's biggest harem. Dude, he's Muslim. That's how we do. We? You're Muslim? All black people are Muslim, man. We just weren't allowed to say that shit before the election. I knew it! You're gonna have to start wearing the dashiki, man. No! You know what a dashiki is? <laughs> Some kind of special mustache! Well, I, whatever, yeah, whatever scares you the most, yes. Why didn't you tell me any of this before the election? I feel for you, okay? I wanted to tell <laughs> oh, you. I, I, I understand. I mean, the pain you're going through, I get it. <gasps> and your life is about to get really, really horrible. Oh, and you know why? <laughs> because Barack Obama was a <laughs> so yes they did every week during the election uh, that, that's uh that's pretty fucking good <laughs> and uh you might recognize one of the voices there john glazer he went on to do a bunch of stuff after this uh, with uh, uh he was on a parks and rec for a long time he yeah. did uh, uh, neon joe werewolf hunter he's <laughs> the lead in that and he was delocated was the one where he wears the the ski mask and has his voice digitally altered a gifted comedic talent he did a lot of good voice acting for this but uh, boy, there was a lot of episodes. A lot of them are no longer online because of Huffington Post getting rid of 23.6, which is a goddamn shame because it was this and they had something very similar to the Onion News Network where they did fake headlines. And it was running around the same time as The Daily Show in kind of its peak in the Obama years. So it had a lot of stiff competition. Sure. And so they couldn't you know, compete. And also the, the Onion was also hitting some yes. real fucking... Uh, sluggers over the fence. I I still don't think the onion has ever topped. Uh, what was it like? Local teen dies in car accident. Family upset. It wasn't Glenn Beck. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, wonderful stuff. At the, yeah, that time period was just so fertile for just like fucked up political humor. Yeah, and, and boy, um, get your war on continued. <laughs> So they, they took a break after Obama got elected the first time. Mm -hmm. They had a great video, which is no longer online, where uh, accounts receivable is singing, Cindy McCain is a and that's okay, because that's what John McCain called her. <laughs> <laughs> after the McCain thing was over, they really didn't have a lot to talk about and get your war on, so they kind of shuttered it until the next election, which was, again, Obama running against Romney. Obama versus Romney also delivered. They even did a bit on Trump. Are, are you reciting Donald Trump tweets? Yep. Memorized a bunch of them so I'd sound smarter. Here, here's another one. What did we get for fighting in Libya besides a dead ambassador? Demand their oil. Demand their oil. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Uh, I don't think Mr. Trump has tweeted that. Mr. Yet. Trump? I can't believe you take that foghorn leghorn looking motherfucker seriously. I'm sorry. He sells his cologne at Macy's. Can Obama say that? Don't answer. I checked. No. Turns out Obama doesn't even have his own cologne. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that they were able to predict this kind of... Because, uh, you know, the white guy character is supposed to represent uh, very conservative values kind of guy. And, right. uh, and his reaction to Trump was very positive. And Get Your War On did not continue during the 2016 but that one alone that one about trump's tweets really feels like uh, prescient uh, predicting the future a little bit and i always felt like david reese had his finger on the pulse and god damn it did he ever yeah no, this is <laughs> some good shit jamba juice did a series of ads that kind of mimicked the style of get your war on <laughs> that's weird have you seen these i haven't okay let me see if i can pull the article up andy on the road blog here 
Jamba Juice. Cubicle Picnic. Want to go to lunch, Bob? No, man. Got the beach streaming on my computer. Got my Jamba. It's bad. Sucks. Yeah, it's not even funny. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's fucking, I get what they were doing. I get they were trying to go for like this weird like. Actually, no. I actually I don't get what they were doing. I think I thought I did, but no. The more I look at it, the the worse is it looks. I just I can't get over it. I got my Jamba. Who the fuck says that? Got my Jamba. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm shucking and jiving. I've got my Jamba juice. <laughs> I'm doing gangster shit on my computer. <laughs> I'm I'm doubling my 401k on these hoes. Exactly. I don't right. know, man. Like, yeah, mid aughts. Yeah. Internet advertising was pretty bad. David Rees clapped back saying, quote, whoever made this ad is probably a 22-year-old quote-unquote creative at some ad agency in Tech Valley, CA. Way to think outside the box, Sonny. Have fun snorting cocaine at the nightclub you go to with your friends who work at Twitter or wherever. And no, Adult Swim will not buy your stupid cartoon you're developing with your housemates about four guys who work at an ad agency but are secretly lobsters. God damn, I need to get code pink on the case about this. I'll take this shit to the Supreme Court and live blog my own lawsuit. Judge Sotomayor better side with me. Boycott Jamba Juice. Juice sucks. Drink wine. (laughs) Unfortunately, Reese doesn't really have a leg to stand on because he's using clip art. That's not his artwork. But... I can kind of see him having maybe a kind of a thing. I don't know. It's hard to say. But, I mean, it's public domain art because yeah. at that point it had been out a while. And I don't know. His response, yeah. I mean, like I said, David Reese, you can't, you can't fuck with that guy. You just can't fuck with him. Now, in the intervening years, my favorite part is that he has not stopped. He's just kept doing insane shit. 2010, he announced his artisanal pencil sharpening service. <laughs> Pay him 15 bucks, send him your unsharpened pencils, he will sharpen them, quoting to be the age-old art of manual pencil sharpening. His artisanal service is perfect for artists, writers, and standardized test takers. He also sold art prints bundled with a sharpened pencil. This was 2010, gosh, that was right in that uh, farm-to-table boom. Everybody Stuff was, white people like. Yeah, that, that artisanal. artisanal oh, is yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is kale. Wow. Is Mason jars for pickle making. Yeah, is it quinoa? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, is this uh, acide berry? <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, do you guys um have any cereal with uh, hemp seed in it? Mm, um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. flax. I I need to take real big shits. Oh, flax. Seeds. I'm really interested. Uh, <sighs> and probiotics. You have probiotic yogurt. Probiotic uh, yogurt also, and a flaxseed uh, bagel. I, I need. I just want to fuck up my whole entire body. And make myself sick. Yeah. Um, and spend a premium to do it. Yeah. My mother-in-law, this was a couple of years after the big trend had hit, would make everything with flaxseed in it. So we'd go over to her house. and just I bet you guys felt real, real regular after that. We'd go over to her house and I'd come home and be like, God, I gotta use the bathroom. What the hell is going on with me? And then it wasn't until like maybe a month later, I was like, what are you putting in the biscuits that you're making or whatever it is? Walking around feeling like fucking goddamn windsocks. Right. It's bad news. Just hollowed out. All flaxseed. So for 15 bucks, Reese would sharpen your pencils by hand, send you not only the pencil, but the shavings (laughs) and a certificate of authenticity. Oh, what a sarcastic asshole. We love him, don't we? Amazing. <laughs> and then two years later, he wrote a whole book about the process, a book called How to Sharpen Pencils. 
The New York Times reviewed it, calling it a methodical, deliberate, and gleeful subversion and satire that, quote, captures the inherently joyless tedium of conveying specialized instructional information while tipping off the reader that the cod liver oil is laced with laughing gas. Probably the most pretentious sentence I've heard about the man, but it's not wrong, because it wasn't just about pencils. I, I got this book from the library a couple of years back. I read the whole thing. It was a hoot. It was very much in that David Sedaris, which was the, about that same time yeah. period where David Sedaris was kind of being a thing. Yeah, did you know he's gay? <laughs> no. I've never never heard that before. Did you know his sister's Amy Sedaris? Yes. And you know she's really not that ugly? Yes, because uh, I watched that show, uh, Cooking with Amy, which is a really fun uh, subversion of the cooking show. It's really funny. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen, have you seen that. I, I know of it. I never That's watched fantastic. it. I had, I had a, a professor in high school that was, or not high, high school, in college that was completely enamored with her. I can see why. She's funny. Yeah. I loved her in uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt as this kind of, uh, anyway, <clears throat> she's, she's a hoot and she's got a pretty decent career as a voice actor now, which is really nice. So the book itself was really funny, goofy, full of lists about random shit, like what wine tastes like and all this stuff. A couple of years later, he then turned that idea into a National Geographic show called Going Deep with David Rees. Did you see this? Have you heard about this? I have. I have never heard of this. It is a hoot. Uh, it was a short form show, kind of like How To with John Wilson, but with David Rees in front of the camera as opposed to John Wilson being behind the camera. It didn't nearly go as far afield as How To does, but it was also very just odd. It was a show about like, how does ice get made? Or how do you tie your shoelaces? <laughs> National Geographic paid, paid him some money. Uh, and then they got moved to Esquire Network for whatever reason. Some consolidation nonsense. He started a podcast twenty around about the 2016 election with a couple friends of his. It was called Election Profit Makers. Now, if you remember predictit.org. Yeah. That was the, the website where you could... Yeah, New Zealand-based website where you could place bets on political outcomes. Because um, here on Wikipedia it says it's partly operational and is a legal battle with the CTFC. Uh, outcome will determine whether operations will resume. But at the time, that was the place you could go to place bets on political things. He also did a bit of mashing up. He released Aphex Swift, which is exactly what it sounds like. Aphex Twin songs mashed up with Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> the Verge called it bizarrely good. He also did an album of original music called You Ain't Going Nowhere. After that, he co-created Dicktown with John Hodgman. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I vaguely remember Dicktown. Dicktown is an animated series uh, about detectives, I think. I think so. Yeah. I, might, I might be thinking about uh, Swedish dicks. I can't remember, but John Hodgman was a big deal too. He was coming off the Daily Show. They kind of had and, and all that sweet <clears throat> Apple money. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was the uh, Mac Mac guy. Uh, I'm, I'm a PC. he was the PC. I'm a guy. PC. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I only fucking missionary. I'm a uh, no eye contact. <laughs> I do all kinds of freaky shit. Yeah, you pussy from the back. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no eye contact, please. No eyes. Right. <laughs> oh, oh! I got a cramp. So David Rees, beyond get your war on, has had a very interesting storied career. Uh, there was a short series that he did. Also, John Hodgman was in it. It was called Code Fellas. It's a web series. I like that one quite a bit. A bit of an oddity, and it never really picked up. You had 
it was kind of a post Edward Snowden story about NSA employees, but it was also satirical and weirdly funny. Uh, Emily Heller was the only other voice in it. So it was Emily Heller and John Hodgman going back and forth. And that kind of vibe that that show had really felt like it made its way into a bunch of different stuff. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever saw Alex Hirsch's follow-up to Gravity Falls that he did for Netflix called Inside Job. Man, I still don't know how I feel about Inside Job. Yeah, Inside Job is definitely one of those things where like, oh, I'm glad Christian Slater's getting work. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of funny sort of sort of i know there's a second season mm-hmm. i have no desire to watch it i i've uh, seen it both and they're fine yeah it's just one of those things where i just i, I had that blank face reaction of like it's fine but code fellows was maybe uh what of 12 episodes didn't didn't last very long and uh, it was all web episodes so it was like 10 minutes or so so you could you'd probably binge the whole thing in uh, under an hour i guess yeah or under two hours i, I guess Everybody was pivoting to video, right? Oh, so God, we were we were all being told that the long form was dead. <laughs> Pivot to video. Fire, yeah, fire everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, put a bunch of, of people in a jacket from fucking Huckberry. Yeah, in front of a green screen. Yeah, and let's just fucking go to town. Yep. Let's make some content, baby. Yeah, and I mean, there's still some of that still it's that same old get your war on. Um, look to the rotoscoped art for for code fellas <clears throat> and very much like the huffington post 236 get your war on it had this rotoscoped kind of janky animation yeah. to it um, kind of like uh waking life or yeah. scared darkly yeah exactly yeah that link later uh, deal except i don't think alex jones is in and in... not in it but he's talked about <laughs> in code fellas they talk really? about him a couple times yeah because he was kind of uh, becoming a big name at the time, yeah, boy, what a what a fucking career David Reese had, um, and still has. Because I mean, as far as I know, he's still working, still doing well, good stuff. For him, and, yeah. I mean, he parlayed what was essentially you know a, a go nowhere job into getting to do whatever the fuck he wants, which is the dream, I think. Yeah, take the piss out of people doing artisanal pickles and being like, yeah, well, uh, oh, he did after the whole artisanal pencil thing blew up he raised the price for 500 dollars. 500 bucks <laughs> i'm sure he still had takers oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i would never use that pencil if i paid 500 fucking dollars for it i'll tell you that much jesus christ that's a ps5 i said that last week in relation to something else it's like x amount of ps5s but like i saved up a lot of money to buy the one i got but it still you know chaps my ass that there's like five games for it it's a sore spot, is what I'm saying. I don't know. It's also it's it's really weird because I see a lot of people in video game journalism saying that the Xbox is losing the, this generation. Yeah, but I don't really feel that way. I feel like no. uh, I feel like I have the Xbox, and mm-hmm. I feel like I'm 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 sitting pretty high. Well, I mean, Game Pass really does a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah, and a it's a better deal than PS Plus. Period. Just off the straight off the bat. Uh, also, backwards compatibility is huge. PS5 is only backwards compatible with PS4, right? Yeah. So and then, that's and, a big... and unfortunately, the online, the the the, the stuff that you can uh, buy online, I think only goes back to PS4. And it's just, yeah. it's. I mean, Xbox has its own problem with older stuff, right? Represent, representing and making that stuff available. 
Uh, but if you but got the disc, you can play it. That's my thing. It's like if you have because I'm a physical media guy. I know I've said this before on the yeah. show, but like, you know, I got 700 Blu-rays at the house because like, I don't trust streaming anything. I don't trust digital storefronts for anything. I bought a bunch of shit on the PS, you know, the PlayStation Store for the PS3 that now only exists on a hard drive somewhere, right? Yeah. So if I had the physical disc and I could play it, you know what I mean? Like, there's a, I'm a physical media person and. The Xbox thing about like, yeah, you can buy an, an Xbox 360 game and play it in your Series X, no questions asked. Yeah. That's a big thing. That's good. It's a That's a pro-consumer practice, in my mind. So it's about that time, Brian. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. You ready to... Uh, Waifu Basics? Yeah, you're ready to learn about uh, the basics of what it takes to be a waifu. I've been waiting my whole entire life for this moment. <laughs> so as promised last week, we talked about in the uh, shock.jpg segment that we were going to do a little bit more pee-pee-poo-poo, pukey, dookie, whatever. Well, here we are. Minute and 37 long clip. It is a preview for a Japanese porno. A young woman arrives at a man's home. Oh, Shigeru Miyamoto. <laughs> So he makes her a wonderful uh, little dinner there. Uh, sorry, a lunch, excuse me. And she begins to vomit all over the meal he just cooked. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, no. And then kissing becomes puking into his mouth, on his face, up his nose. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Uh, yeah, so boy, uh, that was a lot of egg. That was a lot uh, of egg. Uh, so boy, it just like the first, the first bout of vomit just looked like a like a like a white wine like roux sauce, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. for some bullshit you eat at Olive Garden. So that right. didn't really gross me out. It wasn't until it hit his face with yeah the the face is, because that had a lot more texture to yes. it. Oh yeah, I wonder what the rest of that porno is like. I'm sure there's more. Uh, yeah, apparently that's just a trailer for PT. Just a trailer. I know PTJ zero zero five AO Yuki Gero Monster Home Delivery from 2012. From 2012. Uh, yeah, a fairly recent bit of discussing yeah. here. That media. yeah, it says that the uh, the shock site itself was created in 2015, so the video had been out a while when somebody decided to make waifu basics. <laughs> uh, it is that available. Is... Online, if you want to see it all, I, I, is, I have no desire to see the rest. That was enough. Um, I feel, I feel now, Jason, that if you maybe watch the trailer, mm-hmm. that on some level, I'm going to have to seek. See, I got the whole thing. We're going to have to watch it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. I will put that dare out there. <laughs> all right. It's what do you one think? Of those things where like I'm going to be like coming home from work and yeah. like oh I got oh the package is here. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh-huh. 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 All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Patreon subscribers of $10 or more. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you will get the audio commentary for part PTJ005 Gero Monster Home Delivery 2012. <laughs> And it's still better than the Marvels. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Coming in hot. Didn't like it, huh? 
I just assume I'm not going. Oh, to you like haven't it. seen it? Okay, yeah, I enjoyed it, but uh, I do have an MCU movie. Okay, to talk about later. well, let's let's do that then. Let's get right into the breath mint because I feels like that's about time. Go ahead. Yeah, man. yeah. You don't want to meditate. I really on, don't. On no, no. The less time I think about how whatever they had to the, the, force down so, her throat so to, effortlessly. She began regurgitating. Yeah, she was like a there mother was some, bird. There was some real awkward cuts. It made me wonder, like, well, there there was something happening between those scenes. Like, they, they she drank ipecac or whatever that stuff is. You know, I, it just whew, it was a lot. It was a lot. It wasn't just once either. It was you know, it looked it like twice going, in a lot her, of a full stomach being expelled right twice. There. Yeah, twice. Not, not great. And apparently, this is a, a part of a, a longer, whole entire thing. Movie. You think she shits in the bathtub? It wouldn't surprise me if she shit on him at this point. Like once you've puked the while making out, there's really no upper limit. If you ask me, sober. Uh, yeah, I would say. Right, I was gonna say like the, the, she just arrived. All right, you want to do the breath mint? Let's do it. It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint. All right, I. Mm. I got two two bits of media to talk about. Awesome, let's hear it. Uh, first, one to talk about is uh, I, I, my my uh, girlfriend's uh, Disney Plus account uh, still logs in on my my <laughs> Xbox, so I take advantage of that every once in a while. Hell yeah, I, hell yeah! I was like, you know what? I bet I bet I bet I go watch the new uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay, yeah. and I did. Yeah, and I uh, I didn't hate it. Yeah, I actually had fun watching it. I think it stands in an interesting context with all the other MCU movies because all of those are kind of like it's uh, we're the good kind of fascist. Yeah. And and all of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies are kind of like we found another space eugenicist. We must yeah, murder. We got to take him out. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. it's just a bunch of fucking weirdos. They're like, oh, that seems that seems racist. Yeah. That's bad. <laughs> we should murder that person. Like, it's really just this, all all those movies are like, wow, that's fucked up. Like, yeah. you should die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that the big bit at the end where they're like not pulling any punches and like the guy's face gets peeled off. I'm like, yeah, that's that, you know what? Yeah, that's that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> you you tried to create a, a race of uh, superhuman uh, monster people by uh, abducting animals and forcing them into cruel experiments. Yeah. Face rip off is kind of getting e- getting off easy. If yeah. you ask me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had I had fun. And I, I think in context. In contrast, I should say, in contrast to some other recent MCU movies, the special effects actually like look good. That's the James Gunn magic, baby. I tell you, I tell you, he he he's got the juice. I was watching it, it as like, what makes the Guardians of the Galaxy movies different? Mm. As I think that they actually have to fucking try. Before they were a household name, which they are now. Nobody knew a fucking thing about Guardians. They were a D-list comic that nobody gave a shit about, and Marvel just handed it off to some guy who'd made some horror flicks, and they're like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." And and he made him a fucking hit. You know, yeah. he, got, he got the right people together. He managed to take his expertise in like making goopy, nasty shit happen on screen <laughs> and turn it into something interesting. And and still, beyond all that, they got a lot of heart. The Marvels tries for it. Doesn't get there. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, nails it. Found family, it's all over that movie. This is why I want uh, my comic book movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want this shit where uh, the U.S. military gets a pass at the the script. (sighs) Yeah. It's bad enough that, like, uh, Captain Marvel had that happen, which was documented. I'm not making this shit up. 
it's been going as far as back as uh, the first Iron Man, I yes. believe. Yes. I also like because I have this Disney Plus login. I was bored a couple weekends ago and did watch uh, Iron Man three. Okay. And was like, wow, uh, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Well, it was Shane Black got a hold of it and and turned it into one of his movies. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's kind of like a fun suspense film. Yeah. But it's not as good as Winter Soldier as far as doing that. No, because it's a very different kind of suspense film. You know, Shane Black infamously loves to make movies about happening at Christmas time. He likes to make them about you know, it's a whole thing. You can you can go look at every yeah. fucking Shane Black movie that's ever been made. Um, kiss kiss bang bang all the way back to die hard he's got a bunch of themes and he hits them hard every time he makes a movie yeah but iron man 3 hit him hard but it also hit him with robert downey jr in the lead there you know like he had a bunch of shit going on that was really neat him interacting with the kid kind of shows his humanity after he'd kind of lost it post avengers you know like all these different subplots that are interesting that don't necessarily pay off anywhere else but that movie that was nice like he spends most of the movie without without a suit like that's kind of neat that's how you kind of play with this character has been established now i liked it it's one of my favorites and people shit all over it i'm like why and ben kingsley ben that whole thing people got a little bit out of shape because the mandarin itself is a character in the comics and they tweaked it for the movie to kind of be a little so what got me about the mandarin is that it's like, okay, what if Osama bin Laden spoke like Andrew Tate? Yes. As I didn't realize. I was like, this is Andrew Tate voice. <laughs> the the America, we just bombed. Uh-huh. When will America learn that its imperialism will not be tolerated? Yeah. And it's just like this weird Midwestern. It's a, it, it, I mean, it is a British person. Trying to do Doing like a, a an upper, yeah. upper Midwestern <laughs> accent. Like he's from fucking uh, Hammond, Indiana or some shit. Yeah, yeah. I also loved about Iron Man 3 is that they actually gave Pepper Potts something to fucking do. Oh, wow. Okay, you made her an interesting character you, just you by wonder, dint of having some money from her money she put back in the goop or whatever the fuck is Probably it a lot, yeah. Would you buy a candle that smelled like pussy? Depends on the pussy. Yeah, really. <laughs> you really, it's 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 a the case pose, by case basis. It's like, are there different types like pre workout or right. post workout? Yeah, see, yeah. What's well, the sweat was, level? What are we yeah. what are we working with here? Oh, I can smell uh, grains of paradise on the pers- mm. post workout. <laughs> a little bit of salt in there. Is right. it fresh off the beach in Mexico? Like how how you know sweaty we're talking about? You asked the question. I know. I'm like I'm thinking like whether whether. What, <laughs> If you're just like, I'm trying to think like, like if you're like a certain type of fucking weirdo. Uh yes, I, I smell uh, notes of uh, you know cotton panties on and this clover. Weather. Yeah. <laughs> no, it smells like it smells like a uh, line dried laundry. Yeah, yeah. Cloves. The Yankee candle the, the smells. Yankee yeah. Candle. It's just. <sighs> yeah. Jesus Christ! What a weird mark. Because you know what? If I try to sell candles, smelt like my taint. No sale. No sale. No, I, but you take I, that I, same I, smell I, and you say, "This is the the, the this, fr- is, this is what Kate, Kate Blanchett smells like after writing a check to her ex husband." Yeah, someone would probably buy that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm raising my hand. I don't know if you can see. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. This is not a visual medium. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forget sometimes. I'm just standing here. You know, I'm sitting here talking. Candle perverts are the worst. Yeah, 
And I say that as a candle pervert. I was going to say, my, my wife loves candles. I don't think she has ascended to the candle pervert layer yet, but she definitely appreciates a good candle. All right, man, what you got? I've got a really bizarre little bit on Netflix. It came out a couple of years ago. I didn't hear about it until last week. Kristen Bell in it. Love Kristen Bell. I'll watch anything she's in. A movie called Queen Pins. It's also got Joel McHale from Community. Oh. So Kristen Bell plays a real person who was an extreme couponer. Mm-hmm. And the extreme couponing is ruining her life. Like her marriage is in shambles because the husband's away all the time and she's spending all their money stocking up on everything with her extreme couponing. She hears about a way to duplicate these coupons. And then it spirals out from there. She has this friend who's like a TikToker who does all this extreme couponing content and they bond over it. So then they decide that they're going to get an inside man at the coupon factory and get the blanks and then sell them to people. And then here comes the coupon cops. This was my favorite part of the whole movie. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser, one of my favorite actors of these days, uh, you know, he's the big guy who was in uh, the Oklahoma City movie who mm-hmm. played the, the, the security Daniel guard. Daniel Pearl. Daniel Pearl. Uh, not, not Daniel Pearl. <laughs> you got me. You fucking got me. I got I was, your uh, ass. God What's up it. now, bitch? <laughs> Shit. Paul, I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but he is the coupon cops. It's a madcap, goofy-ass comedy that I would not believe was real, except for the fact that at the end of the movie, they show you the people who were involved in this scheme. It was a real thing. They got all these coupons and then were reselling them on the black market to other extreme couponers. Insane. What's really funny to me about the movie is that Kristen Bell is Kristen Bell. She looks like she looks. Well, they tried to make her look like the woman that she's playing. By like giving her this funky hair and like not doing some weird makeup on her, but it's mm-hmm. Kristen Bell. I cannot not see Veronica Mars when I sure. see that face. So like I'm not buying that this is someone else. But that's just me. Like, they tried to like you know uh, dress her down a little bit, like to make her look more like a suburban housewife or whatever. But it's just, it wasn't working. She's got the uh, I bathe in virgin blood yeah. skin. Yeah. She's on that adrenochrome. No, no, no sun damage. <laughs> None. She's on that adrenochrome. Despite- I've yeah. seen Kristen Bell skin up close. <laughs> when she blinks, I can see her transparent <laughs> eyelids. Yeah. So aside very, from that. Very unsettling. But aside from that, though. So buy your 911 dick pills. Infowars.com. Join the bell. I got nothing. J- uh, Jet Fuel can't melt this, this hard cock. <laughs> Sure, let's roll with that one. Anyway, Queen Pin's kind of a fun little movie. It's a bit of a trifle. How about, how about uh, instead of loose change, it's hard change? <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Now I think we got something going here. Now, 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 we're, now cooking. we're cooking. But yeah, it's on Netflix. It's a bit of a trifle, uh, which is really weird to say about something that actually happened to somebody. But And then I finished a book. Catherine Lim was a writer. Passed away a couple years ago. And uh, she'd written a couple of great books, but uh, this one kind of was her unfinished work. And so her daughter basically worked to complete it. And it is a sprawling book about, it really centers around this couple, Daniel and Alma. 
he was a guy working with an with an orchestra and she was playing the cello and they had this this romance the fallout from that romance blowing up is what the book is really about. The fetishist referring to this Daniel character who apparently ever since grade school had a thing for Asian girls. Right. And so, uh, so. and so, <laughs> throughout the book, he, she keeps referring to him as, as saying, you know, a once Asian, never Caucasian. But the book opens, this is what caught me right away, is the book opens with this young woman, this young Asian woman, going to murder him. <laughs> it's like, She's going to go kill him for some unexplained slight. And then he goes on this date with this other woman, young Asian woman, it takes her back to his place. And so the, the girl is going to kill him, kind of waits for him to, uh, to come out. But he never does. And so she goes in to the garage and he's going to kill himself. But she stops him from killing himself so that she can kill him instead. <laughs> Keeps him prisoner for... It's a fascinating story. It keeps cutting back and forth between Daniel's life and Alma's life and this young woman Kyoko's life and her boyfriend. And it, it's it's a really neat little piece of work. And as a final novel for someone who is a fairly acclaimed author, I think it's kind of a nice little yeah, nice little cornerstone I in mean, her career. Uh, I've, I've also wondered if ever, every Asian woman I've dated, if they were going to murder me. So I mean, it's not unreasonable. No, I mean, I am who I am. I understand. I understand. <laughs> right. You're aware enough of yourself, yeah. But boy, it's just a lyrical, dense book. It's got so many great things happening in it. And of course, the great afterward, the daughter talking about how the book came together. Part of the reason I liked it is just because it's this Asian woman in, in her final book being like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fucking tell it like it is. But it's also just an interesting story. I kind of like it. It's a nice little book. It's called The Fetishist. The Fetishist. Um, yeah. Well, hell yeah. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. I did finish that Bentley Lil book mm. that D gave me to read. And uh, spoilers for a 30-year-old 30, 30 book. You want to skip probably maybe three or four minutes ahead. Was was it the mentally? It, it was the the R word. Oh no! <laughs> there is a reveal uh-huh. where the main character of the book, Kathy, is I think reading something or watching something on TV, where she realizes she finds out about something called like an idiot savant. Oh no! And oh, she no. realizes she realizes that the boy across the street is a is a savant. And his specialty is murder. No! <laughs> that is literally in context. Oh, oh, oh no! How is ba- I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. Sure. That is how the chapter ends. That is how the reveal that the boy across the street. So Kathy tries to convince a police officer who she's kind of falling in love with. Of course. The mentally disabled boy is a murderer. But he's feeling standoffish. He yes, yeah. he, he needs better proof to get a warrant. Oh, sure. So she's like, "Fuck you!" And she goes in the house, and there, there, no one's home. And she goes into a random bedroom because they pull into the driveway, and there is a a man tied to a bed with a glistening stiff erection, no. and he's making all of these crazy sounds and stuff, and <laughs> oh, no. and uh, <laughs> and she hides in the closet. Oh no. 
and the mom comes in no, no. and and fucks the man. Oh boy! But she takes the ball gag off of him, and Kathy realizes that this man was not like some sort of prisoner that he himself is mentally. Re- oh boy! And it's just it's that the last the last third of that book is a fucking wild ride. It is yeah. almost like it really does feel like something like if, if Nick Bolin wrote a right. horror story. <laughs> Nick Mullen, Dean Kuntz collabo. Yeah. Yeah. A man who, a, a mentally disabled boy, no amount of nerds rope could, could no. quench his rage for no. murder. It is, is fucking, but again, like I still like, I, I finished it. I'm like, I, I can see why I can see why my girlfriend. Came oh yeah. Because song. she would, she knew you would appreciate the nuance. Of yeah. The, it's, of the it's a very interesting pulpy <laughs> bit of fiction. Oh boy! But I want to talk to you about something I've been forgetting to talk to yes. talk about on here for a couple of weeks now. Oh goodness! Uh, the most recent season of True Detective. Now it is. I is just finally... started it. Boy, I just started. It's yes. fucking bad. Is bad? It is bad oh, in the no. only way. It, only in the way that HBO prestige TV can be bad. Oh, no. Where it's like, wow, this is really high production value. You got to think about all the work that goes into some yeah. of these special effects. Yeah. And it's all to make something. That if it were like a Bentley Little book, wouldn't be worth it. Oh, because I'm on the third episode, which is halfway through. Yeah. And I'm having a good time. So I don't know if you've noticed that the, that the discourse online that everyone was watching this was basically, this fucking sucks. Yeah. I hope the last episode makes it all worthwhile. Wish. Everyone was everyone was really seemed to be hinging yeah. on like, well, if it's this fucking bad and obtuse mm-hmm. and meandering, boy, that last episode's got to be a real fucking slap in the cock. But no, I, I'm going to say this. But now you're in too deep. I am. Yeah. And then in a couple of weeks, you're and maybe even next week. You're It'll gonna be, be next like, week. Wow. By, by next week. I'll wow. You're going to be like, that was some hot, wet shit. I will say this. Yeah. The production values. Top notch. The way that they make Alaska seem so oppressive and harsh. I know that probably was not an easy shoot for anyone involved. Oh, no. I think uh, the production crew deserves a a hearty pat on the back. Mm -hmm. I think the director and the writer uh, need to go back to the the fucking Iowa City uh, writer's workshop that the CAA funds or whatever the fuck it's called. (laughs) Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. The iceberg full of dead guys the was a great yeah that was straight out of hannibal i loved that i like that there are so many first nations uh, actresses that's that is very exciting um and a lot of them kill it mm-hmm. and i feel like that when dealing with that culture that the story does not handhold you to mm-hmm. explain certain things uh, or give context to certain things is basically like, Hey, you're not a white person. You got to find this out on your own. We're not gonna... right. Yeah. I definitely did feel lost at certain points and had to look stuff up. And... Yeah. And, uh, I think, I, I think that's actually pretty effective. They did that same stuff in Louisiana in the first season of true yeah. detective. So, I mean, there was some of that stuff about like, what's a parish and all like, if you're not familiar with what a parish is or like, yeah. what other, like, that did happen, and that's kind of the architecture of the show. They assume you, you know, they yeah, it's not going to hold your hand on no. certain things. No. The fifth episode gets interesting, and the sixth episode moves at a really good pace, but it, it ultimately, I think it ultimately trips and falls pretty hard. There's Damn. some cool stuff. To, I, I'm going to say this out of all those six episodes, mm. the stuff that's actually cool and engaging. Maybe thirty minutes. 
There's some stuff that's happened in those first three episodes I don't think are ever really revisited in, mm. in a way that's satisfying. There's a lot of red herrings. I mean, there was a lot of that in, in the previous other seasons of True Detective as well. I mean, that's kind of part of the genre. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I just like, man, there's just so many, so much stuff here that could have been... At this point, I would love the Cthulhu cosmic horror. Yeah, well, I think they couldn't go that far because they have Lovecraft Country sure, already on the, the max there. But I really liked... I liked that Fiona Shaw is in that. Um, yeah. She was a, a high point in that show, uh, Killing Eve. She's great in that. I love Jodie Foster being back in a, a kind of a, a investigator role. Feels very natural. Also, it amuses me to no end that she's like fucking her way through the entire town. Yeah. <laughs> that, that to me is amusing. I'm like, okay, playing a straight woman. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> like you said, all the first people characters are all really vivid and fleshed out. I especially love Trooper Navarro. She's this kind of bristling, wounded person who's just so good and electric. And you yeah. see her on screen and you just, I want to see whatever she's talking and, about. And I want to see what she's up to. A lot of, so I'll say another thing I do like is there's some stuff that's going on when they talk about the the town. Yeah. And, and what's going Ennis. on with the town mm-hmm. and what's going on with this mining company that's polluting the water. Mm-hmm. Some of that is done incredibly, like I wish that, was more of the focus of the show that that part because that stuff so, got so much so much of a rhythm to it so much of a heartbeat hmm. and I think also there's some subtext with Agent Navarro even though that she's a local mm-hmm. even though she is partially Inuit everyone in that town doubly sees her as an outsider right because she's an agent of the state yeah. kind of thing yeah and yeah. and uh, there's a lot of stuff with. Joey Foster's character too, where the, the the locals, the Alaskans, uh, definitely are like, yeah, you're a imperialist fucker and you're a cop. She was not from there. She was assigned there as like a punishment. At least that's what's implied. It, you know? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That stuff's interesting. And yeah. As far as like the mystery at Sasol, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that it doesn't completely there's parts of that reveal that i think they're really interesting and there's parts where it's just like fuck man that was that was it that's what you had Mm. like you guys did all of you guys all of this work all of these really interesting sets Mm. this great casting that's that's what you got well that's a bummer um (laughs) yeah maybe i'm still gonna finish it i'm still gonna finish it because i i don't uh, i i don't boy making making season two look good I will say this about True Detective Season 2, and I will also say this about 4, but uh, uh, 2 had big shoes to fill. That's, I mean, number one. You had such a, I mean, McConaughey and and Harrelson in in Season 1, and The Yellow King, and, you know, like all this. Oh, McConaughey! (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wow, it looks like my fist. Yeah, because it's balled after your fist. Exactly. (laughs) Season two had a lot of uh, big shoes to fill, and, and I, I, there were a few people that felt like they really understood the assignment. Uh, Vince Vaughn, in particular, who you know I never really thought he was a good actor, but every once in a while you'll see like the wheels turning. Yeah, like okay, I heard he's really good in uh, okay. Dragged Across Concrete, which was oh yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, uh, that's a that's highly recommended if you haven't seen it. I think season two 
has its has moments. too many things going on, but I think the story that's trying to tell about influence in these yeah. like company these were essentially modern company towns. Yeah. Like Century City, I think is what specifically modeled off of yeah. in uh California. I think it does a lot of things right. I think it just I think it got too complicated. Yeah, it meanders a bit too far outside of the core of what it's it's a whole thing. And in season three, Masha Arley does his best with what is unfortunately subprime material. But what I will say about season four is that it really feels like it was its own story that someone decided that should be a true detective story. Yeah. And decided that you got to shoehorn all these references to season one in it. You don't. It's its own thing. It doesn't need any of that. Fiona Shaw is fantastic. I don't give a shit that it has anything to do with Rust Cohey's dad, Travis. That doesn't matter to me. Let Fiona Shaw off the chain and just let her do her thing. She's great. You know, that type of thing. Like, it's just like, you don't need to connect it. Let it be its own thing, which is what two and three had going for them. They were their own thing. None of them had anything to do with Louisiana, the Tuttles, any of that. Like, there, there was none of that. Yeah. And they were stronger for it because they were, they literally stood on their own as their own story. This keeps having these other things keep calling back to it. Don't do that. This is interesting on its own. Why? There's no need for it. So I'm. I'm Why is the Dreamcast logo on all this stuff? (laughs) Exactly. What does that mean? It just means the Power Stone's coming sooner or later or whatever. Power Stone's (laughs) Confirmed. Confirmed. (laughs) What's the fucking corporate? The Tuttle is the Tuttle. Tuttle. Yeah. Tuttle was the family in Louisiana that set up the corporation that basically runs everything now. D has not seen season one of True Detective. Oh, wow. I think when we're done with Sopranos. Yeah. I think when we're done with Sopranos, I might. What a treat. I, I just picked up. All three seasons of Westworld, because now that Max doesn't have any Westworld content, I have to get the discs. So the, the, the... I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm kind of low key pissed that they. Oh they yeah. Canceled it. I thought season, how many seasons did they do? Four. I think they did four. I thought season two was kind of shit. Or was it season three? There's one season where you're like, man, this is this. Season three was the Aaron Paul season where they had uh, it was trying to be cyberpunk uh, in the real world. I, I thought like, that one was okay. Yeah, See, I thought season four was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think season two was the one where the whole big reveal about the Jeffrey Wright character was teased way too much, and like they signposted it way too much, and it was like by the third episode, you kind of figured it out if you're watching it closely. It's still fun. No, it's great. I and- think I think season two is a lot better because of what comes after it. Like in season three. True. True. I think when you kind of see where it's going, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I see I see what the next movement of this is. Well, Jonathan Nolan shows tend to be like that. Like, if you ever saw a person of interest. Uh, I haven't. Well, that's a that's a highly recommended one. It's it's more serialized. Michael Emerson from Lost and Jim Caviezel. This is where all these stories about Jim Caviezel being an insane person come from. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's him. Yeah, uh, Taraji Henderson is on the show as well. And the dad from veronica mars whose name always escapes me but it's a great little ensemble cast i think uh amy ryan's on it there's bits in that show the same way like a second season's kind of weak but then what follows is better like i yeah. think that's just the way he writes you know sure. I mean? like he has these this whole thing about like well i'm gonna set this up and then pay it off like eight episodes later yeah. 
But I, I felt season four was really setting up something yeah. nice. And yeah. it's uh It just didn't. Nothing happened because <laughs> Zaslov said fuck you. Yeah, Zaslov also can be dipped in the Vav acid yes. with the limbs of TikTok. Please lady. and thank you. He passed on Coyote versus Acme. And I heard that's actually good. Yeah, insane person. I'm sorry. You're gonna do a you're gonna do a live action Looney Tunes hybrid movie with Bill Hader in it and John Cena. Right. What do you mean? No one's gonna see it. I will see. I will be there opening day. And you know, I mean, they did the same thing with Batgirl. Yeah. Which I heard Batgirl actually probably was would have been okay. Well, I mean, but they, but still, like you don't give shit a try, right? And it's and you're doing this because it's not even that you don't have faith in the product; is that you you want you know that you can yeah you think you can write off it's a tax write off which okay, so I guess so so it's funny the see this see this because I first knew of this sort of technique in the music industry because St. Louis has had a million and one bands. You know, they get signed the Fearless or Vagrant Records or some shit. Or Volcom, yeah, whatever. Yeah. They have one record that does okay for what it is. They go on Warp Tour or Snowcore or some shit like that. That second record, too much studio time, too much too much upfront cost to recoup, the advance is too much. And so this band has to basically put in a situation where they're going to owe this money to the label forever. Yeah. Or check this out. Check this out. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, hey guys, uh, I know we kind of uh, set you up to fail here, but here's the thing. You all could each owe us $50,000 mm-hmm. or you can sign away all of your rights and your masters to us. And you can go back to working at your dad's uh, signing company in O'Fallon. And what are they going to do? Yeah. They're going to go back. They're going to go. Of course. They're going to yeah. go. Uh, go work at the fucking slackers off Zumbelt. Mm-hmm. And then I gotta go and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. these these people in these bands are like, wow, I just heard you guys on like uh you know 16 and pregnant. Right. And so these labels all of a sudden it's free money, mm-hmm. it's free real estate, baby. Yep. And also they have a tax write-off. Yep. It's fucked up, bro. It's fucked up, bro. It's almost like uh the system is uh, a little pear-shaped in the wrong direction. You get the vibe that it always has been. Uh, what was what's that Hunter S. Thompson quote? The music industry is a uh, is a long dark hallway full of uh, beggars and scoundrels, and there's also a dark side too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of butchering that quote, but yeah, the, we get we get it. It's close enough for government work. Uh, I mean, today as we record this, uh, Vice is going to be shuttered. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, just a month or so after Pitchfork being shuttered. Yeah. And what uh what we're seeing is is it's really becoming there are four websites and they all fucking suck. Yeah. The inshitification of the internet. Yes. I think we might have touched on this. We may have, yeah. Recently. At some point. Yeah. All these VCs and all these CEOs, all these fucking C suite motherfuckers. Yeah. That should all be taken in a fucking studio back lot and grave, we'd all be better for it. Oh, no, no one questions that. Yes. Uh, are mm. you're seeing the media landscape get fucking raped and ravaged and sold off for parts mm-hmm. in so many different ways. We see it in music. We see it in film. 
Well, we, we now see it in online media. We see it in yeah. journalism. Fucking sucks. I mean, I'm for me, when I was younger, all I ever wanted to do was music photography, journalism, yeah. to, to write, and to be a part of that. Because I grew up reading all these books about people that did physical media yeah. in the 60s and 70s. And like, oh, wow, I want to do that too. Not realizing that... That by the time I turned 18 was right when all of that was going to fucking just take a, a steep nosedive. Yeah. It's kind of fucking wild to see. Like, you think it couldn't get any worse. And yet, every day. Every day yeah. gets a little shittier. Yeah. And I feel bad for all of the the people, all the freelancers, all the staff writers, all the producers, all the editors who put work into these websites, into these verticals, into these channels, knowing that any day now that shit could just get pulled people say games journalism isn't real journalism <laughs> but it, it can be yeah it's it's fucking work yeah it used to be a lot funner you know 20 years ago 30 oh, years sure. ago you know bob Mackey likes to complain about like all the stuff that he wrote for like one up it's like up there but his byline's gone it's like you know, it's replaced with like one up writer. Yeah, or staff. Yeah. Staff writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a few of those bylines disappear myself. Yeah, yeah. It fucking sucks. Is I don't this, know. It's this like colony collapse of culture. It's this very odd thing. That, we we talk about happening. how we escaped the monoculture. I think it's it's like a, a controlled demolition. Yeah. To bring us back to uh, fucking watching CSI Newport News or some shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, uh, married with married with children, you know, twenty twenty four. I think my favorite story about married with children is that they changed the title for all the foreign markets, and the German title for married with children is "Help My Family's Crazy." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's... Al, I want to be polyamorous. <laughs> oh, come on, pig! You got pig? No. <laughs> toilet flush <laughs> and as we get older i'm like how would you not want to fuck katie seagal anyway that's a whole nother yeah those is like it's it's i have to go back and watch mary with children but that's that is like the premise of it is like the guy doesn't want to fuck his wife his yeah. wife is terrible in some yeah. way yeah his wife it looks like uh the chick from um the cramps yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you would. You, so you're telling me, sir, right. you would not fuck the Midwestern housewife version of uh, pa- she, pardon? Wasn't she a Chrome? What? Yeah, the, yeah. Pardon? pardon? <laughs> uh, Do the Assad thing. Uh-huh. Who must go? Who must go? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I think that's about time for uh, the end of the show. Why don't we tell people where to find us online, Brian? Tell the good people where they can get a daily dose of your nonsense. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> On most social media platforms, it's ishockeedyboard, I-S-H-O-T-G-U-I-D-B-O-R-D. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, it is a music photographer. I think I'm I'm pondering if I just switch everything over to a music photographer. I've got the ads. For well, either stuff. one. Either one. Either one. Either one. I've, I've got placeholders and stuff. Ishockeedyboard, I've been doing that for 14 years. I think the joke is is very stale, if there ever was a good joke there. Like I said, the the fourteen people in my the, yeah. the fourteen fifteen people that got the joke, you know, really like we're all people I looked up to and like creative individuals. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, this person thinks I'm think I did. I have at least one funny joke in me, and that person I respect thinks it's funny. Hey, um, 
but also i think like some of uh for example some of the the thicker skulled people that think they are leftists in st louis ah used to take that and i think the worst uh bad faith way imagine and uh i really just you know what man white guys and really bad political punk bands uh, with dreadlocks that owe every woman they've ever dated precisely $800. It's like coming across a cougar on a trail. <laughs> just try, just, you just gotta get past it, man. Do just, not engage. Do yeah. not engage. Yeah, for sure. Just gotta scare it off. But, uh, anyways. If you want to check out my photography portfolio, <laughs> it's asshole. It's asshole music photographer.com. Uh-huh. And if you want to check out, some foes with some words. It's amusicphotographer.com. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. 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 Uh, hey there, boss. Uh, I became Italian. Yeah. <laughs> you really did. Like, hey there. Hey. Hey. Uh, and uh, if you want to check out the last and only good media website in St. Louis, it's the artsstl.com. I sound like a uh, fucking E Falco, like through like an octave down. <laughs> Tony, 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 get out of the fridge. Tony, you don't, you don't <laughs> live here. <laughs> Tony, 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 get out of the fridge. You don't live here anymore. Oh, you're driving me crazy, Tony. You don't live here anymore. Get out of the goddamn fridge. Meadow, stop having a nose piercing and digging these fucking limp dick soy boys. You're driving me crazy with your nominally liberal sensibilities. <laughs> I'm wiping the tear. <laughs> you got me. You got me real good. The last episode we watched was the one... Uh, Carmela's uh, father's birthday party. Oh, yeah. Where her mom gets upset that Tony's like not being a shitty person. Right. She wanted that to happen. (laughs) Yeah, like not being terrible. And like Hugh is happy that he's there. And it's like, I think the only time up to that series where Hugh actually has like a positive reaction to Tony, which is a little weird. Very odd. Jesus Christ. Anyways, I know we're getting back into the the breath mint here we're trying to finish this fucking train know, wreck of a I podcast know. jason hi jason hey the folks out there on the internet <laughs> Can't do that. on okay. google podcasts if they want to know how to hit you up home slice uh, well google podcast is going away so sadly but uh you can hit me up on uh, twitter various other places as video crime v-i-d-e-o-c-r-i-m-e if there's a video crime chances are that's going to be me especially if it's like letterbox or something with the exception, of course, of Instagram and uh, TikTok, those are Laser Goose CEO. That's Laser with an S because I know how to fucking spell it. You can reach out to the show in a number of ways. My favorite way, of course, is via telephone. 314-246-9766. That's 314-ahoy-poo. Let's see here. We can also shoot us an email, Jason at four eight minutes of dogs barking.com. Yes, you have to spell the whole thing out. Brian with a Y at four eight minutes of dogs barking.com. You can also support the show, patreon.com slash four eight minutes of dogs. And I am serious. Ten dollars a month, ten people. We will do a commentary track for the entire puking uh, date video that <laughs> we talked about. I will set aside time. <laughs> In my busy schedule. 
Sorry, kids, I can't help you with your math homework. That's right. I gotta go. I gotta go hang out with my friend Brian and watch a woman puke on a man for an hour. Yes. Uh, Again? Yeah. <laughs> you guys did that last weekend. You no, missed no, my. The... You missed my t-ball game. <laughs> this is the full version. I'm sorry. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah. Trying to explain this show to my kids is always fun. All right. Well, that about does it for the show. My name is Jason. This is Brian. As You'll always, understand it when you're older. Yeah, I sincerely hope so. As we always say at this time, namaste, good luck, eat the knife, give mommy a good gut fucking... Bye-bye. <laughs>